You know me, Daddy T. This is the third and final installment of Babbling Comics, straight from the Tiger Mommy tour. You know, originally it was the ear of the Tiger Mommy because it is the ear of the tiger, and you know, I got boobies, so it's the first full ear of me and my boobies, um, which I, saying boobies does really make it sound so juvenile. I don't mind it, I have to say. I enjoy having boobies, but it does make it sound like I am a 12-year-old boy who wished to have boobies, and that may not be that far from the truth. Um, Truly, one day we will discover that I was a 12-year-old boy, and then I grew up and became a woman, and now I am a 12-year-old boy with boobies, so take that as you will. (laughs) My God, excuse me. I made myself laugh. Okay, I'm recording this on... Tuesday, May 24th. Good morning. So hopefully you guys will be hearing this tomorrow. I'm going to be introducing the parts of this podcast because as you know, I have recorded some of these during my tour. Okay, I'm sorry that this last couple weeks has been sporadic with the schedule, but also not sorry. I mean, I am because I love my confidants and I know, especially the ones who are silent and listen over and over because I see you out here. The numbers are stable. But only a handful of you ever say hi to me, which is fine. Look, what happens when I have an audience full of intelligent uh, loners, okay, because that's me, okay? (laughs) And I don't mean loners in a bad way. Well, I just laughed like Brody Reed, (laughs) and that was an accident. Okay, well, I have not taken my anything today, coffee, breakfast, ADHD meds. Um, So you get unfiltered Teresa. This is really what I was like at 12. I am going to try to stay focused. Believe it or not, there are notes in front of me. So just a heads up before you get too bored, um, I'm going to give you a little table of contents of what's in this pod. So the first part is going to be me today, now, okay? This is probably going to be a longer intro because I'm going to make some announcements and then I want to get into some stuff, okay? Some confessional law stuff, okay? A little, a little, little bloggy blog from Father Longlegs herself and then did you hear me hesitate gendering myself it's like can you be wrong gendering yourself but yeah I guess I can wow okay that's part of what I want to talk about so I'll be talking about that and then um there are a couple little glistening gems of babbling comic recordings and let me tell you when I say gems I mean unhinged these are a couple minutes long each and I really debated not posting these but they are very, very authentic. Let's just say I found a couple more sound bites from when I was um, just, you know, finding myself on edibles in the woods. Um, and it's fun slash cringe. So if you're not, I don't know, if you're triggered by that, you can fast forward. Um, those are probably going to hit around, I don't know, 15 minutes to 20 minutes. They're only two or three minutes each. Um, And then after that, I have a recording interview with two lovely comics that I met on the road during um, Lime, or wow, (laughs) during Laughing School. Oh my God, I can't even, I'm not going to redo this because this is what I sound like in the morning, but (laughs) during my Tiger Mommy tour when I was in Atlanta, 
Atlanta has a comedy club called Limestone. I mean, oh my gosh, I can't. Just forget it. Forget I said anything. They're in Atlanta. Brandy Unger and Lysandra Vasquez. They're super fun. They have their own show called Hot Comics Pod. They had me on. Uh, I don't think my app's out, out yet, but you know, you can follow them and then you'll be there when it comes out. And uh, yeah, so that's the table of contents. Okay. And then finally, I'm going to end with a little recording from a live set I did at the Laughing School. And then we'll be back next week, you know, hopefully. Maybe I'll take a week off, but we'll be back with regularly scheduled episodes. Usually summer is my hiatus, so I am. I do have a lot of guests scheduled that I think you're going to love, but look out for announcements for when um, the regular season comes back. Uh, But before that, oh my God, there's going to be a real special treat if you live in Colorado or near Vail, okay? I don't know. Does anyone live near Vail? If you live in Colorado close enough to drive to Vail and make a weekend of it, I highly encourage you to come up this Memorial Day weekend because I am bringing my podcast to the Vail Comedy Festival. That's right. And if you're like, oh, I didn't know you did this live. I don't. I did it once at the Comedy Central stage in Los Angeles. It was super fun. It was an anniversary anniversary show but look I'm very honored and excited to be doing you can tell me anything live at the Vail Comedy Festival I can't wait it's the first year of the festival they've asked me to uh, I will be also doing comedy sets um, just not at this particular show so I encourage you to come up for a weekend you know bring your honey bring your best friend bring your doggy I'm gonna try to bring my dog I still have to do the paperwork but I, I think Wushu's coming and you betcha he will come to the podcast recording so um, I encourage you to come. It's going to be Saturday, May 28th, 10 a.m. I know it's so early, but it's so beautiful up there. So make make a weekend of it. Come up on Friday night and then, you know, let's watch the sunrise together, literally. I, I, that's not me hitting on you, okay? That's me because I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. I will be be- in bed by 9. Uh, that's not true because my flight lands at midnight. But let me know if you are coming. I would actually be down to grab a morning coffee, confidant coffee that sounds fun okay and then we you know you can hang out with me while we get ready for the show 10 a.m you can tell me anything live at the Vail comedy festival it will be at 10th mountain whiskey i think it's a very small little mountain resort town up there so you can walk everywhere um come on up let me know if you're coming i think you can get festival passes if you want to see my other shows you will have to get a pass but that gets you in all the shows but i'm pretty sure the podcast recording is also open to the public so shh, I won't tell anyone okay so if you want to come you do have to like be a patron of the bar but you know buy an orange juice buy a croissant whatever buy a whiskey and you can watch the show it's gonna be real fun I have Caitlin Palufo, EJ Campo, and Catherine McCafferty we're doing a panel style I've got some games some audience interactions we're gonna play confidant charades I can't wait it's gonna be so fun so that's the big announcement all right I'm going to make a couple more announcements and then I'll talk about what I want to talk about. Um, I mentioned this last week, but the movie, two movies I'm in are available to watch. Okay. The Send Off, directed by John Michael Powell and written by. I'm in it. I have um, a good a good amount of screen time. So it, this isn't like that HBO thing where people are like, oh, I want to watch you. And then I'm like gone. Um, I have a character. I have a name. I have lines. Okay. So come watch. I mean, I had name and character lines in HBO, but whatever. Um, so this one is actually closing out Dances with Films. It's a film festival in Los Angeles on June, uh, 17th. Okay. Oh my gosh. Is that right? I, yes. June 17th. I will not be there. Ugh, I know because I have plans, but 
and I mean I'm out of the country, but um, you should go seriously because I actually really really want to go. I it's gonna be at the Chinese Theater in Los Angeles, California. I mean, first time gonna be on a big ass feature film screen in the Chinese Theater. Fuck yeah, I wish I could be there. Um, so if you do go, please take a photo. Someone get a photo of me, my face on the screen. I am so vain, but I think it would be cool. So that's June seventeenth. Also. Pasadena. Um, I am in that movie. I play the part. I play Jess, uh, Kristen Laffey's characters. Uh, no, sorry. Jess is, oh my God. Wow. Kristen Laffey plays Jess. I play her partner and, uh, it's a real, it's, it's actually very funny, but it's, um, a very poignant artistic, uh, indie film about grief. But I gotta say like from when I shot it to when he, the director edited it, um, Gaston Stabuleski. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't say your name. Um, <laughs> it's German, very funny. Um, he made this very serious script, and then the feature like really shows you what you can do with time and and processing grief. Um, it's it's like a different movie than what we shot, but in a way that like we we shot it, it built the foundation, and then he like added so much more depth to it that I could only like I was surprised by it if you know what I mean and I was in it so um, that's on nobudge.com you can I think buy it it might be free but you can also I think pay monthly subscription or just one month $5.99 then you can watch the full film and any other films you want to watch in that month and then you can cancel the subscription it's called Pasadena and um, yeah those are my announcements and so okay let's get into what I wanted to talk about <clears throat> this is um it's not really a confession, but it's on my mind, and I do have therapy today, so I will let you know that I have not gone yet, so I'm going to try to really just keep it short and sweet. This is not therapy. You are my confidants, but not my therapist, because I don't pay you, uh, only in my blood, sweat, and tears. So um, the, the, the summary of this, because I don't really know how to begin, is that my, you know, some of you may have followed my twin sister and I were going through a really rough patch in 2020, and I really think we came a long way. Um, I don't think it was a regression. I think it was for both of us a moment of growth where we realized, like, in order to grow into full individuals, we had to really sever this, like, whatever that twin connection was. There was an element of codependency, an element of ever since we were children, you know. I'm sure part of us projected who we were onto each other because, as you know, babies do not understand the self, right, until a little bit later. But from early on, we were seeing each other. I recently talked to a couple friends who have experiences with twins, uh, one of them being another comedian. I won't say her name because I don't know if she talks about this publicly, but her brother's a twin. She babysits for twins. She used to have best friends that are twins. So it was really fascinating to hear from someone who grew up with twins and their experience around them because it's almost like the, it's like, you know, when you have a plus and minus in batteries, but then you realize there's like the third charge, right? Well, I'm always talking about be the switch. I just realized like when you think you're in a two-person puzzle and there's a third, like you're like, oh my God, we could there's space and room to like, it's just very exciting. So one of the things she brought up was that the twins she used to babysit for would switch personalities. Like they were young enough where that is possible because, you know, you're still kind of developing your personality. I remember being a kid sometimes like, you know, quote unquote, trying on, you know, popular girl personalities, whatever, that sort of thing. Like it's not that weird because we're so moldable. 
But um, she brought up something interesting, which is that her brothers, her little brothers, would look at photos of themselves and sometimes be so convinced, like, that's me. And she, having seen them grow up and knowing all their birthmarks, was like, no, I 100% remember that. That was not you. That's your brother. But what happens is when you're very, very young and that's the only face you see and you have feelings and thoughts, you start to actually record in your brain that that is you. And then at some point it switches. And if it doesn't get corrected early, it's a little tough. I have to say, I do vaguely remember looking at photos of my mom, I mean, through my mom's photo books of me and my sister. And when we were really little, I could not tell myself apart from her. It took a while for me to get it. And only through practice, we would always be like, is that me? Is that me? And then my mom would tell us. My mom was so nice about this, though. She made photo albums, like, separately. One of all photos of Jen. Sometimes, you know, it's like any photo that she was in, was in that book, including ones with me. And then she would like, this was back in the Costco days when you had to like make double prints. So she'd go back and do copies. Anything that I was in was in a separate album, including the ones that we were both in. We, we had two copies. <laughs> so that was actually like a really cool way for us to like slowly understand identity, which is really cool. I bring all this up because my sister and I recently hit a snag, but I wouldn't call it a snag as much as we... Let's say you're on a hike and that difficult patch was always there. Like, if you don't walk towards it, it's still there. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't cause the big hole or cliff or insurmountable obstacle. Like, it was there and we just decided to hike together and found it together. I like that, thinking about like that, because the reality is I know my sister so well. I love her so much. And I know she loves me so much and knows me so well. But yet when we get together, more and more often, I feel there's this hole between us that we cannot cross, like a chasm. And I also kind of trust that that's a part of the process, like part of separating. I trust that eventually we'll find there's so much more ground that we can walk on together that is around that hole. And we'll learn how to avoid the hole, right? Isn't that what meditation is? But the reason I bring this up is because um, one of the, I, I, I'm not going to get into the personal details um, of my sister, but that is kind of what we ended up having a conflict about. And so out of respect for her, but also for you, my confidants, who may, you know, just be really supportive of my relationship with her and us discovering how to like be friends as adults I want to let you know that you may hear me talk less about her and that's not because things are not going well necessarily it's not because I don't want to talk about her um respectfully I am an open book and love to talk about everything because I have learned that in the past when I bottled up it just made it so much harder. And when I share things, it's even intimate things, I find that I can connect to people. But, you know, that's me. That's not my sister. And so she basically brought up that she has felt uncomfortable with some of the things I've mentioned, you know, casually, publicly about her. And I hear that, you know, that's something I take responsibility for, you know, while it was never intentional because I am literally out here talking about my butthole, you know what I mean? Actually, I'm not. But, you know, if you want to know about my butthole, I will tell you. But um, I, I, as I said that, I was like, I don't think I've ever talked about my butthole on stage. Mostly because I don't think there's much to talk about there. Um, but, you know, once again, open book. You know, <clears throat> I've literally talked about coming infinite times, okay? It's like 
I didn't even know that was possible. So that was cool to talk about because then that got me, some of you, to connect on certain things about like nirvana and enlightenment. And I'm like, whoa, interesting world. I don't know. Am I ready to open the door? I don't know. But I love to hear like what other experiences y'all have that kind of can validate or, you know, exchange information with me. But all that being said, the reason I bring this up is because my twin sister, uh, so just so you don't feel, I don't, I want to close a loop on this because I don't want everyone to be like, oh my God, what happened? So we do hang out. We're friends. Like we literally drove up to the Bay together to celebrate Mother's Day. Our doggies are friends. They're boyfriend, boyfriend. We, and it's not incest because they're adopted. Okay. Um, and also they're dogs. So, and they don't have balls. Um, but we like, we haven't quite gone back to how things quote unquote were. And I think that the part of me always thought maybe if I just tabled the sad feeling of missing what it was like, like if I kind of black it out, you know, because we were so close, you know, like we literally used to have a blog when we first went to college, like we wanted to be apart, but we wanted to tell each other everything. We literally had this blog and we would just like write like no filter, you know, no, like, like we had a club when we were growing up and we've talked about this on the pod. So I think I'm, it's okay to say we talk, we used to have a club on when we were growing up, little kids. Okay. Like second grade, third grade, whatever called the boyfriend club where we would just, we were both terrified of the dark and the way our bathroom was set up in our old house, it was all the way down a long hallway of made of stone okay it just felt really creepy and dark and cold so whenever we want to go shower or our parents were like go shower but they were out in the living room or the kitchen we would like pay each other which means like just like a company um one person would poop one person would shower and then we'd just talk about boys but really it was an excuse to like keep each other company because we would get scared I remember watching that like walking through blockbuster the horror movie aisle and seeing that psycho hand with the blood oh god creepy so we've been really close but I think it's natural to grow up and need boundaries right I think a lot of siblings hit a point where they just stop talking because it's more painful to actually acknowledge the loss of the personal intimacy than to build a new relationship so I really love that we're both in therapy and that we both are working on ourselves and she's an artist she has healthy forms of expression that are not just talking to me so do I so I as like a bystander and supportive fan and friend of hers think that everything's gonna be okay but me as a sister and you know wow 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 baby with attachment abandonment issues do feel sad you know because it's like I want us to just be able to talk and not worry about each other liking the other or thinking the other's cool or whatever but you know I have to be honest sometimes I want to talk to her just as Jen my sister the way it used to be and I find that it's a different person responding and that's because it is a different person okay I'm a different person than she's a different person so I have to take time to mourn that and that's okay um but all that leads me back to her okay so this weekend I hosted the Hot Donna's and SASS Drag Brunch at Sorry Not Sorry. It was very fun. It was to celebrate API Heritage Month. You know, um, all the sapphic Asian queers. And uh, it was super fun. <clears throat> I invited my sister because she DJs a lot for events like that. And I thought it would be fun. She would, she recognized a lot of people in the lineup. She did have fun, I think. She said she had had fun. But there was a moment when, you know, in those queer spaces, sometimes we just get very open with each other. I think it comes out of being 
told so often that's taboo or to not be able to talk about sex, not because it's sex, but because it's same sex, you know? And so the attraction to women becomes so repressed that when you're around other queers in a safe space, you really do want to just kind of share these like very intimate experiences of like, I think most of my listeners understand this because a lot of my episodes have been about this and I've talked to guests about this, but those very like private moments like coming out like when did you first know you know or like you know first time you masturbated to a a girl or you know a female cartoon character whatever you know instead of instead of a guy like those the ways our sexuality manifests like is really important to the queer representation right now right the landscape right now because we want to be visible because we're not fully accepted yet so I'm not excusing myself, but what happened was at some point, I'm not going to repeat what I said, but I was introducing my sister to people and they assumed she was also like bi like me and I kind of jumped in and was like, like kind of explaining what her identity was, which she told me what made her uncomfortable later, which I totally that resonates I'm like oh yeah you're right like I wouldn't want necessarily to go somewhere and have her tell people like Teresa's this and this and this I got very excited because you know there I am I'm holding court I'm, I'm seeing I just felt like oh I'm like gonna introduce it's like you know when you bring someone into your world and you're excited you're like oh I'm gonna introduce my sister to these people but um that really triggered her and she was upset and um so we had a conversation about it the next day which I think communication is so important and a basically brought to my attention that there's been a lot of things more than I realized that she was not comfortable with me talking about on stage. Um, She, even though, you know, I assume because she shares them with me and she's a public figure and puts a lot of her talks openly about things like this, I kind of just went with the flow. But as I become more public, you know, there is this development where the attention becomes greater, right? Because when it's just us and our, like, friends, it's okay. But, like, you know, well, us and our friends pretending to want to be famous or whatever. But over time, it's like I realize she is also trying to build a career and she wants to just have a little more control of how the public perceives her. So I say all this because I support her and I want her to have that. Um, And it does pain me a little. And I'm sure there will be more to say on this later but and in therapy as well. But... I really want to respect that. It's really important for me to build that relationship back with my twin. You know, I, you know, I don't get into a lot of the personal details of our breakup, but it was really rough. We really just didn't talk for six months. Um, I know she was in a lot of pain. I know she was dealing with a lot of sort of the trauma that I had dealt with maybe like six months to a year before her. So I remember how hard that was, but she was going through it during quarantine. So it was doubly painful to not be able to be there for her, but I also really wanted to respect that she needed space. So what I've noticed now is that I think what's best for our relationship is if I sort of (sighs) write her out of the narrative for a bit. But I think what's important to know is I don't want anyone to think like, because it took so long for me to start actually seeing the world through both of our eyes and not just one. As a kid growing up, all of my stories I would write, they were never twins. I almost combined our personalities into one. And so now I see that we both take up separate space in the world, but she doesn't want to necessarily be 
in everything I do. And that's cool. So kind of the way I would look at it is she's like a character that is being written off to go do something, but she may come back later. Okay. We may bring her back, but she still exists in this world. Okay. I want you to remember that. Okay. In this confidant world, which is the real world, Jen, my sister still exists and she's even been a guest on this show. So, you know, if you guys haven't heard that episode, highly encourage you to check it out. We did it for her 30th birthday. It was called I Can Control My Period with My Mind. And um, it's one of the, like, honestly, I would say that moment was the last time we really had an open, honest conversation, like, truly. And not for just us getting older or whatever, but a lot of, just a lot of stress was building up around that time, you know, and then a lot of stuff was going on and then into the pandemic. So that is a moment that I really cherish. And I'm so glad I have that recording because no matter what happens, no matter how things change, I feel like it's always worth having the memories and remembering that, you know, things change and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. And hopefully we can get to a good place, but we definitely were in good places and that's good to know. I'm all tearing up. It's so sad to talk about this, but the reality is this is coming with a lot of hope. Um, but I'm probably going to be talking about my sister less and that includes childhood stories because I think while she's such a part of literally everything growing up, um, I'm going to pull focus a little away from her because I always like to shine light on her, but she specifically asked to, you know, really just get, get consent before she's included in my comedy and I want to respect that. It's a very difficult thing to do, so I'm going to, I'm trying, you know, like I can't guarantee that. She'll never come up because sometimes it's like, I don't want to erase her either, right? So if a story and she's important, you know, whatever. But I'm not going to focus on her. I'm going to let her tell that herself. So I hope that um, y'all understand. And if anyone has experience with twins or is a twin, I actually would love to talk to somebody who has been on the other side of that. Someone who's watched twins grow apart or someone who is the twin who wanted to separate from her sister because I think I'm the one that wants to like attach. Like I look at our photos and I'm always like hugging her so tight and she's kind of like, ugh. And like, even though I feel like the cold one to the world, like I never was a relationship girl, I think that's because I was so attached to her. And then, whoa, I'm literally coming to a realization right now in this moment. This is the last thing I'll say before we get into the episode. I like got into a serious relationship right around when Jen and I were officially breaking up. So I wonder if I had been attaching to her so much that I wasn't leaving any space for a healthy romantic relationship. So in some ways, letting go was really good for me. But it's hard. It's hard. Okay, I've got attachment issues. All right. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Okay, the first five minutes from here are going to be some weird babbling. Then we're going to get into an interview and then we will end with a set. Enjoy. I thought I was recording, but I guess I wasn't. Like the aerodynamics or whatever would not be right if you had to add a lot to the car. Okay, I get that. But maybe we are going to invent some sort of compact system that can store it or whatever. Or maybe when the car's electric, it would freeze up some space and wait, you know? I'm just saying. Hmm. Yeah, because right now it'd be fun to like lay down and just watch the show. Like the, there was oh, that was the other one I came up with was like, um, there should be like, um, 
I don't mind hearing the outside noise. Like if you're in a car, what if you could turn on the speaker from outside without opening the door or the window so you could hear outside? Like that could be so easy. It's literally just like you could probably figure out using radio or something like an outside radio with a very short wavelength reaches the inside radio and it just channels exactly what you hear outside. But in this way, you literally don't have to. Isn't that literally what the radio station is? It's channeling waves from outside. So why couldn't you just do it? for nature like the lack of waves outside and then rechannel in the noise of what it sounds like ambiance so then you can drive around and you can like turn up outside volume like literally driving in an ear pod i feel like that would be cool you could totally do that because then you would be able to hear you just be able to hear like outside like i want to listen to these birds but i don't want to open the door there should be a way to just open the sound the speaker sound and they're just play and it shouldn't have to be like the car's on oh yeah there should definitely be speakers at work when the car's off like come on man i know they do technically but i mean it should just be like like when the car's off it's powered through a different battery or something i mean it's like that one you can change like that's easy why not hybrid the shit up you know your girl follow along likes you know me daddy t um <laughs> i'm sitting here with two of the hosts of the hot comics pod brandy unger and lisandra vasquez mm-hmm. and they just interviewed me for their podcast so you should check it out there's like it's a podcast but it's also like a full-on like late night show um <laughs> so i'm very excited to have them on for this mini episode what's up guys hi hi happy I'm, to be here yeah so this is a good on the fly i love it yeah i love i, I know you didn't think that i'd be like tagging on to your podcast with another <laughs> another recording session this yes is, we uh, love yeah. it but you're a virgo so you get it no, i'm here for it <laughs> for i have to say yeah i walked into this apartment beautiful it's like plants beautiful art um then there's this virgo necklace and i'm like oh this is my language because <laughs> i when i do my astrology good joke in atlanta it, it doesn't usually do I've, as well so yeah well not... i've had to change my content because i came i came in very culty metaphysical working with psychics in uh-huh. la and then when i came here i had to like sort of like start talking a little different wow. or at least at yeah. least the, my i had to tailor my content yeah, so, we're a little bit more basic here. So, yeah, yeah so, Lysander, you do a social media for metaphysical companies. Yeah, so I'm a, yeah, so... Oh, are you allowed just, to say that? No? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Uh, uh, Virgo, so I know a lot about astrology now, especially I had to learn a lot more since I do the social media for them. That's so cool. But Virgo sun, Virgo rising, and wow. Sag moon. Okay. Oh, wait. And what, Sag moon. Okay, yeah. so you got the little fire. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I want to travel and get out of here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Give me my space. <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius Venus, so that's... Mm. Offsets the crying... In my, mm, she's yeah. a cancer. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say I have uh, my co-star app, and this is okay. the only oh way gosh, that yes, I know all of this. Um, so I am a cancer rising. She's a cancer rising as well. And okay. wow, you guys both have see. the same sun and cancer rising. Uh, and uh, your moon is in Libra. You're okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balance. Okay. Balance, bitch. Um, that actually likes peace. She likes the peace. Good yeah, you. I do like mm-hmm. the peace. Uh-huh. That's true. I like to make sure everybody is happy. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm on the cusp, so I'm June 22nd. So it's people are like, oh, are you are you a Cancer or are you a Gemini? And I'm like, depends. No, you're a Cancer. I I'm on the cusp with Scorpio and Libra, and I probably do have Libra tendencies, but I cusp is like you're close, but like it's yeah. like 
you're like when you're 13 and you turn 14 are you like I'm on the cusp of the no you're just like the day you turn 14 you're 14 yeah that's the yeah, day that's a good the day it changes yeah. like we yeah. gotta have a cut off right and that's the cut off and this because I'm from here this is why Atlanta probably is a hard time with a lot of the astrology jokes we're uh-huh. like we're not really sure we're elementary sure sure yeah you know, not all the whole city that's probably good. It means you're concerned with more um, pressing matters. Sure, sure, sure. Not that astrology is not pressing. Astrology is just always there. It's good to know, but it's yeah, like doesn't it's have always to be there. A I mean, I have two great astrologers. If anybody needs to slide oh, into my yeah. DMs, I have oh, a Vedic okay. and I have a oh. right, tropical. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I could talk about this forever, but this is not an <laughs> astrology podcast. Um, so this is a confessions podcast, and since I've had like uh, pairs on before, especially mm-hmm. when they're like working partners, it's so fun. So if you guys have a confession you want to confess to each other, you can. But otherwise, this is sort of an open forum. If there's something you want to get off your chest, it's a little more like um, more therapy crossed with like church confession, except without the shame. This is zero shame, no judgment zone, safe space. But you can kind of just get it off your chest. I will absolve you of all your sins. If you want to apologize to anybody and you know from second grade, that is yeah. a good time to do that. Or if you just want to celebrate mm. something you're excited about mm-hmm. that you like want to tell people. Yeah. So, is there anything you want to tell me? Go ahead, Brandon. Okay. Go well, okay. So, I have one. Um, this is actually, Lysandra, this will be good for you to know about me <laughs> as a human. Yeah. So, second grade, I really wanted an American Girl doll. It's all I wanted. Which and one? Molly. Okay. Because I'm Jewish and mm-hmm. my grandmother survived. Uh, I feel like I say that all the time. Like, every day I, I will stop, cease to breathe if I don't say I'm Jewish. Uh, <laughs> at least I like once. Molly because she had glasses and I wore glasses. She, she had glasses, but she also was uh, alive during World War II. And my mm-hmm. grandmother survived the Holocaust, wow. moved from Germany. Um, but So that's why I wanted Molly. Yeah. But my parents were like, we can't afford it. And I was like, but I really, really, they were so expensive. And I was Way like, but I really expensive. want one. And my mom said, okay, we'll get you one if you get five A's on spelling bees. I'm a terrible speller. Terrible speller. Um, But what I am is strategic. Uh, So (laughs) they gave me a goal of five that I had to get five A's because they assumed I was not going to be able to figure it out. Um, because my spelling is atrocious. Rude. You should give someone a goal you think they can achieve. Yeah. My parents, yeah. you know, but yeah. in their in their defense, they knew me very well. Okay. Yeah. They were like, it's okay, she'll just be a failure. Um, so <laughs> I... And they'll never have to buy that doll. And they'll never have to buy the doll. Well, uh, we used to put folders in like a little tent in front of our desks uh-huh. while we were taking the test. Um, and I figured out that there is a little, um, like a clear thing where you put your name and your uh-huh. address and every time before Gosh. the test... I used to take that card like like an hour before the test and I would put all the words and I'd put it upside down inside the folder nice. so I would have it. And I've never told anybody this before. Wow. Like and in that got, did you like um try to offset it with a couple of mistakes just in case? Or you oh like, yeah, oh, yeah. 100%. Well I did I like made sure that I like didn't like completely ace the test, but it was like I would get one word wrong, oh but the rest God. of them were right, so I could still be within the A mm. category. Uh, mm. yeah, and I got that. That's job. a more important life skill I would argue. Than Thank spelling. You. I think so too. Because yeah. who, like, no, who needs to really know how to spell? There's a spell check now, but yeah. to know how to like get use what motivation and get what you want and cheat a system in a way that didn't hurt you. Right? They always say anybody you can't, else. Really, I didn't hurt anybody else because I didn't use you anybody else's test. I wanted the doll, and I nobody just else used... lost points on there. And you didn't really cheat your parents because they didn't say we want you to get an A without cheating. They yeah. said we want five A's. Five A's. And if it's like if it's something that you were like, they don't think I can do it anyways. And they're right. Then you're like, how can I do it? <laughs> Honestly, I absolve you because I think I do because I'm not saying you should oh, yeah. cheat, but I'm just saying like yeah. you didn't have the you, you didn't have the motivation to cheat before that 
no. goal. So your goal was never let me cheat because I don't want to learn. Yeah. Your goal was always let me get a Molly doll. And then when your parents were like, this is how you do it. You're like, okay, yeah. how can I cheat to get it? But it was cheating. It was, but it wasn't cheating. Twi- it wasn't cheating. You still had to. You still had to figure out some shit. You were yeah. brain was working. It you wasn't know? fair. It wasn't my fault that the yeah. that the card just ended up in my folder with all of the words on that toss up to down. You weren't cheating the your parents. You were you were trying to figure out how to make it happen. I rigged the system. There you go. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I absolve you. So it, it 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 explains a lot about me. I feel like just the. The strategy. You got it all. Of course. Oh yeah, I got the doll. Eventually got the bed. Got different clothes for it. Yeah. Well, here's the million dollar question. Did you after that do that again on spelling test? Just. Oh no, I didn't care anymore. See, okay, there you go. I absolve you because it's like clearly the goal was not to be ahead in the class and like make people feel bad. It was like I want a fucking doll and I'm gonna get in and out. Yeah, that's that's, I'm a goal oriented human. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's so funny. I used to want the Samantha doll, and it was also too expensive. My parents got me the books instead, which was like fine, but like we don't have the doll. You want to read it with the the doll? Same thing. Yeah. God, I worked for very rich people in LA. (laughs) Uh Uh, at one point, and they had bins of oh American Girl dolls, and like the the girl, the young the young girl head was like ten, and she didn't use them anymore. But she didn't want to get rid of them, and I was like, listen, oh these God. can go to so many young, mm-hmm. yeah. wonderful people that could really love them. Like, aren't don't you want other kids to like be super happy and stoked? She's like, and no. she's like, no, these are mine. And like, they were literally in the basement Damn. in a bin. I mean, steal from rich people? No, don't do that. But. But don't just so I they mean, know we, what they're missing. No, um, yeah, don't yeah, do that. yeah, yeah. I mean, don't do that. Okay, wait. What don't about do, no? Don't do that. What do about you? God. Um. Okay. So there was one time. Well, we'll go back to the same time period in our lives, I guess. Uh, third grade. Uh, I love that. Uh, third grade energy. I was at this school. We moved. We had. We had been in. This one from Puerto Rico. We had moved to Ohio when I was in second grade okay. to just like really get in the hang of English uh-huh. and at that point in third grade like we were fluent and everything but still like I was a little bit introverted mm. and like whenever we would have um time to like stop and like read I would usually like pick like the map books mm-hmm. or like the picture books just to like get acquainted with things like that and then um I started to try to like I, I already noticed that humor was currency and I'm like, okay, I, if I can like get these people uh-huh. to be my friends from by laughing or playing sports, I got this. And so then one year, so we were in one of those trailers uh, outside, outside of the building and since oh, it was yeah, Ohio, yeah. Uh, it was snow, like snowing in the winter and there was... I don't know why I picked this kid, but like it, it was he was a he was kind of like a buddy of mine. It wasn't like uh-huh. I was punching down. I wasn't punching down uh-huh. him. He was like a he was laterally. Like, he was like out. a good athlete white kid. I didn't even have a crush on him, so it wasn't yeah. like a. I just I just picked him because I thought he would think it was funny. Okay, that I was leaving an icicle on his uh, an icicle uh-huh. on his desk every day. I would just like icicle? like, I, like yeah, a just like just like a little icicle. icicle. Oh, for like the, a little oh, like okay. I'd just, like, take it from the thing, and i just, like, put it on his desk, Um, and, like, no one would really, no one really saw that I was doing that, but for some reason, I thought it was so, like, I thought he was thinking it was funny to just find an icicle, and he'd be like, where is this, like, where is this coming from? You were, like, waiting for a reaction, and then you would pick up from there. Yeah, I was, I was doing it for a couple days. Okay, (laughs) did he, were you watching his reaction? Kind of, yeah, because I was just, like... I was like, no one's, no one's figured it out that it was me. I don't know why I did this. What did he do? Oh, God. Uh, he told the teacher. Oh. 
What an arc. Yeah. And then somebody's putting his... icicles on my desk. Yeah, his name was J. Michael. I get a... J. Michael. He would. J. Michael. What? He told the teacher, and then we and I was stonewalled. I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I didn't do this. Like I, like I'm not gonna be nature the one that goes down it. for that. Yeah, nature did it. I don't know. Maybe there's a icicle ghost. The Grim Reaper uh, here. But it was um, the teacher mm-hmm. that we were supposed to go to a like a Christmas uh, thing at the auditorium where it was supposed to be like a fun thing. Uh-huh. She held us in the classroom <gasps> oh, until no. the person came forward oh, no. that had been putting icicles on Jay Michael's That's desk. Terrifying. And so I. And then it makes everyone mad. Yeah. It made everyone mad, and I was just like. Did you say it? Eventually, I wow. eventually I did. Wow. And then I, she had, I guess she had asked me, but I distinctly remember her being like, you lied to me three times. And I was like, it was a joke. Also, you were in <laughs> like, third grade. Like, like, it was a joke. <laughs> None of you guys can <laughs> handle a bit. <laughs> like, That's wild. God. It made me feel so bad. And then I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. And I mostly felt bad because she made, like, because... I was trying to uphold the integrity of my bit. Everyone got... Uh-huh. She was so committed. I was committed to my story that I didn't... Like, everyone got held from right. the from the You doubled down yeah. and then everyone lost. Yeah, everyone yeah. lost. But you yeah. were hoping that everyone would come around and win at the end. I didn't get yeah. in additional trouble after uh-huh. that. They just, like, shamed... She just, like, shamed me. And I never did it again, but, like... Because, obviously, those people don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> uh, but it's also, like... It's just an icicle. Yeah, I feel the saddest for the kid, you, because your goal was not to hurt. But, like, I could see how, like, teachers might be like, oh, someone's being teased. Let me stop this. But the fact that, like, there were, like, the fact that you were just trying to have fun and maybe it was, like, misdirected and maybe he took it the wrong way. It's like, if he doesn't know why, he might, you know, I understand maybe, like, oh, he's triggered or whatever. Yeah. But, like, you really weren't trying to make fun of him. So no, it wasn't. Up being like, I thought he could handle it. Like, no good I, came out of her holding <laughs> you guys up because it wasn't like you learned not to make fun of him. You were like, I thought an icicle on my desk. I'd be like, is this a lollipop? Like, is this flavored? Like, I, you know? I, I Again, I don't know why I did it. Uh-huh. I don't know, but I just thought, this is, this is going to be fun. You just thought, yeah. Well, you were just testing. We were pushing buttons back then. Yeah. I, I did, like, when I was in <laughs> fourth grade, I, like, was uh, also like a weirdo who tried not you, not you were a weirdo, but I was like trying to be funny mm. to like make friends. No, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I like interviewed like the cool kid in my class whose name was Kyle, and he would like sag his pants. And then I was just like writing a fake interview, like those like pop teen interviews, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just like like Kyle sags his pants, and he scratches his nose, which is what he did. And then people thought it was so funny, and he was like, "What? I didn't scratch my nose," but I was like. But that wasn't, I didn't mean it to be mean. I just like thought it'd be cool to talk to the cool kid and have a reason to. Yeah. And they were laughing at him and then I felt bad. But it's like, yeah. I think we were just like, we thought these cool kids were invincible. We were like, yeah, like, oh, we just yeah. hang out and yeah, yeah. He put was icicles like, on your desk. And yeah. <laughs> I thought like, then that, that's what's the fast track to friendship. Yeah. Jay Michael. Yeah. 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 Well, I absolve you. Thank um, you. I don't absolve your teacher. I feel like if, if I was a teacher there, I would have maybe said like, Hey, when we go to this assembly, come to see me. If you want to be honest, I won't shame you because th- this way there's some motivation to come forward. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you did it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But instead, everyone felt bad, including the teacher probably because she yeah. then yelled at you and probably went home. Being she like, probably thought it was funny. 
Yeah, at the right, she was like, she wrote it down. She's like, yeah. bicycles. Uh huh. She's doing it in her open mic. But she, because yeah, she, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, probably. <laughs> She's like, put icicles on my enemy's desk. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for confessing that. Oh, um, thank you. This was a lovely little mini so Tell the listeners who I call the confidants, who, where they can find you guys. You know, plug your things and your pod and your individuals. Um, so we are Hot uh, Comics Pod on Instagram mm-hmm. as well as YouTube and on Spotify. It's Hot Comics. Uh, we also run live shows if you're in the Atlanta area under at um, Laughs and Vino, and all of that information can be found at Laughs by the LB on Instagram as well as laughsbythelb.com uh, is our website with all of the information as well. Um, and I'm Brandy Unger, and I can be found at Hunger, uh, the number four Bunger mm-hmm. on Instagram. <laughs> and I'm Lysandra Vasquez, and I can be found at Lysandra underscore underscore Vasquez the other ones were taken yeah. love it yeah it's all yeah. good alright yeah. thank you guys so much thanks, thanks. thanks. Okay, so good. she's coming to us all the way from LA so I want you guys to show what an ATL is all about so lots of love right now lots of love because she's absolutely fucking hysterical we love you everybody keep it going keep it going and Teresa Lee She looked at me and she was like, Teresa, 
your future is riddled with men who will hurt you. I was like, yeah, I know the definition of men, you know. <laughs> Can it be more specific? Are any of them rich? You know? <laughs> I'm tired of getting ghosted by Uber drivers. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't grow up in LA. I moved there to work. Like I write for TV shows, like mostly children's TV, don't worry. You're like, anything I know? No, unless you're five, uh, then you should not be in here. Um, but one thing I discovered was, like I thought that Hollywood like, was not gonna be, well, let's put it this way. There's a lot of talk on Twitter about like, you know, being woke, and I thought Hollywood would be woke, but no, let me tell you that uh, the writers' rooms I've been in have been the most racism I've ever experienced, and I from the Bay Area. And more people have made jokes about me eating my dog, um, and that then like I don't know. First of all, I don't know anybody Chinese who's ever eaten a dog, but I know at least three white guys who made jokes about me eating my dog, and that was at the last place I worked in the writer's room in front of everyone. So I just didn't, I never understood it. Like, I think it's almost kind of silly to think about because uh, there is a very famous American food called hot dog. <laughs> and it's not even made out of dog. And it's like, I feel like we are just getting all of your projection. Like, are you, like, I feel like white people are just really want to eat dogs and they're just trying so hard. Like, you need, and also hot dog is also disgusting. Like, why people are better at lying about their food? Like, hot dog is actually just intestine cased in intestine. Like, that's disgusting. And then there's another food called hush puppies, which doesn't even have meat in it. Like, why did you name it that, you know? Like, at least we are honest. I understand Chinese people have weird sounding food, but we're honest about it, you know? We just call it what, like, chicken feet. That's what that is, you know? Like, there's pork belly here, you know, but if you go to China, it's just called big creamy stomach, you know? like. It's just call it what it is, it's fine, you know? Like, you guys have to make like names for your meat, like beef, that's not an animal, right? Pork, that's not an animal. Venison, that sounds like a brand name shoe. <laughs> we have a dish in Taiwan called stinky tofu. You know why it's called that? Because it's stinky and it's tofu. Like, that's it, you know? Simple, it's fine, you like it or you don't. But I feel like if white people made that food, they name it something strange, like koala paw, or like eagle's breast. <laughs> Another stereotype I never understood is uh, when people always make jokes about like Asian men having small dicks. And I used to get offended when I heard this, and I don't even have a dick, but I'm just like, it made no sense. I mean, I am an identical twin. I'm five foot eight, and you know, I'm like, you think? A small dick could have made that, I don't know. And I know that is a joke about my dad's dick, and don't worry, I've never seen it. But my mom did used to hit me with a yardstick, so I think she's a size queen, you know? <laughs> How are you guys feeling? Uh, all right. I, was, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure how uh, Elena would uh, uh, treat me, so this has been fun, I, I am enjoying it. Uh, I do, I've been on the road for a bit. I, I miss my dog. I have a dog back home. He is a support animal, which I know. I look like this. It's like, ugh, are you see really? I walked in. I tried to take him to Target once, and uh, they had a sign that said, no pets. And the guy was just like, no pets. See the sign? And I was like, he's a service animal. And uh, he didn't believe me, obviously. But you're not really supposed to ask. And he was like, oh, is he, is he really? What's he for? So then I did have to be honest with him. I was like, well, okay, fine. I guess he's not really technically a service animal. 
He's actually uh, just a guy who contains the souls of all the people I've lost emotionally and physically, and therefore I need to keep him around me to hold their spirits near me. <laughs> He's a horcrux. He's a horcrux. <laughs> and that's when the guy was like, oh, you do need this dog. Um, take that woman's dog, too. Go in here. Yeah. <laughs> I do think dogs are like a reverse gun. You walk into a room with a dog and everyone just like drops down and they're like, oh, I love it. Like they immediately release their tension, you know? Like, okay, that's new and I, maybe that's not anything. Uh, I don't know. I still choose, okay, whatever. Never mind. I'm not gonna, that's for the open mic. Um, I, uh, I am in a relationship now. I'm dating a straight man, but I'm the only one with a podcast in their relationship, so that makes me the boyfriend. Uh, he is a hot boy, which means he has a lot of hot girlfriends, like lowercase girlfriends, capital hot, you know. They post like bikini pictures, Gertrude Stein quote, Instagram people are like, yeah, I love it, yeah, it's so great, you know. And that's okay, they were friends before me, I understand that, like that's his right, you know, he should be able to hang out with them one on one. But my friends, most of my friends are married or have kids and they think it's crazy. They're like, Teresa, don't be so naive. Like, you should not let your boyfriend hang out with these hot, confident women one-on-one. Like, that's crazy. And I disagree, okay? I want him to have hot, confident female friends because I want him to get good advice. Because a hot, confident woman gives the best advice, okay? Because they're living their advice. I mean, no offense to his fantasy football league. But do you think Brad is saying, tell her how you really feel? Like, do you think Kevin is like, maybe she's just slow to open up because she has some past relationship trauma, but if you treat her well, you'll eventually undo those negative patterns. And she's not really about passionate and Sam Jackson's wired for love. It's really good. It's on Audible. No, I wanted to hang out with Jessica and Cressica and Jessica B. Okay. right before the pandemic, um, I didn't realize I had never had great sex. And this isn't a dig at my exes. Like, I had good sex. I wasn't missing anything that I knew of. But then I met my boyfriend, and we had the kind of sex where I left, and I wanted to write him a thank you card. <laughs> I was grateful, okay? Like, I never felt that before. It was so exciting. And then suddenly we were locked up together. You know, we had spent a lot of time together. And I was like, this is going to be great, you know? We're going to have so much time to hang out. But let me tell you. It has been a bottomless hole of better and better sex. It is terrifying. We have quantum leap. I think we formed a covalent bond. I'm scared to tell you. Like, we've had lesbian sex. Okay. Like, I found this clip. Uh, you guys know, when you have that, try harder when you masturbate. Okay. I, um, is this a sex crowd? Okay. I'm gonna, it's, it's the last, last show of the night. I, uh, I was choking on his dick and he got excited. It was an accident. And um, I was like, don't get too excited, babe. I choke on my own words. Um, <laughs> not because his dick's not big, but my ideas are just bigger. <laughs> Sometimes I will watch porn just to see a protagonist on screen that looks like me. So, okay. Too far? All right. I don't know. I was trying to switch it up. You know, there was a... All right, never mind. <laughs> I did get a boob job during quarantine. 
I think it made me gayer. <laughs> I honestly, I got, I got, I got my boobs fixed because I, I had a hard time with a baby and it made it uneven, and and I wanted to do something nice for myself after I worked through all the trauma. Uh, well, I should say I didn't get a boob job. Bank of America got me a boob job. Uh, I got a low interest APR credit card. <laughs> I mean, I intend to pay it back, but what are they going to do if I don't? Are they going to take it back? <laughs> No, this is a closed adoption. Okay, these twins are mine. <laughs> I used to get really insecure about my chest. Like, I, I mean, I know I'm not even showing it. It's like, why don't you, you know, I, whatever, I don't know. It's weird being queer, okay. <laughs> like, I want a hot butt, but I don't want you to see it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'm like, I think I am a hot girl, but just in case, I have to have a personality. I'm, because I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I used to just be so insecure about my chest because it was small, and I used to want to get a boob job, um, but then I would always like be like, nothing is good enough for other people. Like I finally did it for myself, but I realized I would never be able to like change myself for other people because one time I heard my guy friends who are improvisers um, and in their 30s with roommates discussing if Rihanna was hot, and I did not know that was up for discussion. <laughs> thought it was just a known fact that Rihanna is hot. I had no idea. Like, that was just mind-blowing to me. I'm like, you guys play Fortnite, you know, like, in your mom's basement. Like, I don't think you are the barometer. But I just realized, like, no matter what, like, there's just never going to be a level of hot enough, right? Like, there's, if Aphrodite came down to Earth, like, the goddess of love, Venus, you know, there would be a subreddit of incels <laughs> arguing over if she's hot. They'd be like, well, I prefer natural birth, and she was born in seafoam, so I don't know. <laughs> I did uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt to my boob job um, because I wa walked in there. I was like, I look like a 12-year-old boy, but I'm walking out like a 50-year-old dad. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, my dad is a born-again Christian, and he loves looking for signs in the universe. Do you like that transition? There was none. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm running out of time. Okay. My, <laughs> my dad loves looking for signs in the universe, um, and that's, like, very specific to his church. Uh, for example, if, uh, like, he'll... He'll look for numbers. Like we were at a wedding and my dad turned to me and like, the bride's 27, the groom's 30. 27 plus 30 is 57. Five plus seven is 12. There are 12 apostles of Jesus. <laughs> you should go to rap school, you know. And the number he's obsessed with right now is the number 69. He likes that number for a very specific reason, not the one you guys are thinking of. Uh, he likes that number because my little brother's biking number was 69, like the number on his biking jersey. My little brother's name was Harry. And I say was because unfortunately my little brother is dead. And I know this part's a little tough, but don't worry, we'll get through it, okay, trust me. So I'm gonna say something sad, and this is the last sad thing I'll say, and I promise it will be funny. So my little brother committed suicide a few years ago. He was 17 years old when he died. I know that's a lot. Take a moment, everyone breathe in. Let it out, okay. If anyone's triggered, feel free to leave. That's not a joke, I just like wanna be respectful. But now we are gonna get into the joke part of this. You had to know that for me to go on. My brother was also very funny, and he liked to shake his butt. The last memory I have is us twerking together because I was trying to cheer him up. And it was a very nice moment because he laughed. So I'm gonna do this joke while shaking my butt. Because I think that it's funny, but I know it's a tough topic. So are you guys on board? Yeah! Okay. So I'm gonna be shaking my butt. I'm gonna start the joke from top. Feel free to have fun. 
don't mind if you want to get up and leave. But uh, this is going to be the last thing I do, and we're going to have fun, okay? Yeah. All right. So, my dad's favorite number is 69. <laughs> my little brother's biking number was 69. And after he died, my dad found his jersey, and he was like, 69? Psalm 69 was the first Bible verse I ever read. <laughs> so, uh, so now, he takes pictures of the number 69 whenever he sees it in the world and sends it to my entire family group chat. He sent us a selfie last week in the airport in front of his gate, page 69. It was just his face, the number 69, with the caption, Gate to Heaven. So I had to tell my dad to stop because I was like, you're going to embarrass yourself. So I said, Dad, you should know the number 69 has a sexual connotation in American culture. And he said, well, the cross at one point was a form of punishment, but now it's a sign of salvation. So I said, you're right, Dad, because 69 is both a form of punishment and You Can Tell Me Anything. You Can Tell Me Anything is a comedic podcast created and produced by Teresa Lee on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. The Hoo Ha Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Povar, Maggie Ruth Austin, Cardi Assad, and Stephanie Bignot. The theme song for this podcast was created by Cody Johnston. The outro music was written by Shipwrecked Sailor. And the Hoo Ha Ha app can be found in the Apple Store to stream your favorite comedy series and laugh out loud podcasts by the funniest woman in comedy. To contact this podcast specifically, you can email tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod. Thank you.